Good morning. Welcome to Suns Planet Podcast, where fans from around the globe try to bring together all of Suns Planet. I'm your co-host, Sundress Dunks, and I'm cautiously optimistic. It was a tough week until that last game against the Lakers, uh, and then we had our best game of the season. And so can we keep that going? I don't know. You know, it's only one game, but... Uh, we had the good vibes on that night, and uh, if you can see the, the background behind me, I've got Go the Gorilla, I've got Emma Stone behind me, so I'm ready to go. And uh, we're going to be going to Suns Planet Court here in a little bit. Uh, we've got the Honorable Judge Hammer reprising his role. It's Sir Hammo. How you doing, mate? All right, man. All right. I'm sorry it's been so long since we caught up. But um, what up, Gio? Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. It's uh, it's been a, a tough couple of weeks, hasn't it, in terms of some fans? But um, it's been up and down, man. It has, man. But yeah, we're gonna unpack a few things, and yeah, um, where's Jake? I don't know where Mr. Founder is. You know, it's uh, it's not good to keep the court waiting, is it? No, I mean, you, normally I'm the one that bails on the pod. Where's Where's Jake? He's he's uh, normally Mr. Royal. No, Jake's going to be with us in a few moments, guys. He's just running a little bit late. Well, hopefully he will show up soon. We have a couple people in the chat. Hi, Gio. Hi, David. Thank you for coming. We definitely appreciate Crazy. that. What are you doing up this early on a Sunday, brother? For real. Well, we appreciate the support, and I know it's a tough, yeah. a tough time for some people to make it, so we appreciate it. It was a uh, crazy week. He's a fellow Australian. He's, uh, he's a good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. So, yeah, he, he's uh, thanks for showing up, brothers. Nice and early, man. I appreciate that. David says he's hiking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> But it was a crazy week. You know, the first game was against Memphis. We got we lost by six. We got outscored in the fourth quarter by 17 points to a team without John Morant. Are you kidding me? And then we lost to the Clippers by 27 points. Had to be the worst game of the year. And outscored in the fourth by 17 points again. What is going on? But last game, finally won against the Lakers. First time all season we've been able to beat them. Led, you know, wire to wire. 
We won by 18, but again, outscored in the fourth by nine points. So, Hamo, what did you see out there this week from our sons? Uh, to quote my man, Pierre Cardin, send them home. Send them back to Cali. That was beautiful yesterday, man. That was such a good um, – not yesterday, the other day. Um, man, we needed that win. Oh, we needed that win, man. And to do it against the Fakers was even better. Um, hey, Charles. Yeah, look, the Clippers game, man, that, that was horrendous. I absolutely hate Paul George. And to see him do Paul George things, <laughs> oh, that was that was hard, man. That was He's been tough. amazing lately. And then Kawhi's well, been an MVP candidate. Yeah, I always felt bad for Paul George with uh, the injury and stuff that he sustained early on, um, you know, going back 10 years or something. But he, he annoys me a lot with the playoff P and all this kind of stuff. So I just – I hate – it's like losing to the Lakers, man. You just don't want to see it. The loss to the Grizzlies just came out of nowhere. It just, just completely came out of nowhere. So it's – I, I don't know, man. Like, I was just in complete shutdown, not blow-up mode, but shutdown mode up until the Lakers win because I just didn't know what the what was going on. I didn't know what our team was doing. Yeah, it looked like the team got shell-shocked against the Grizzlies. They had the game under control. seemed like they were on cruise control without John ja Morant. They didn't think the Grizzlies could come back, and they punked them. They caught them sleeping, you know, and then – yeah, then the game against the Clippers is even worse. It's like, where's our identity? You know, everyone's saying this team has no leadership, has no identity. And uh, then it totally changed against the Lakers. I don't know if it's one game or not, but the big three had 86 points against the Lakers. I think that's their highest this year. Bull Bull was great. He's been an X factor uh, for us off the bench lately. and. Uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, should cue up his drop here. And, uh, yeah, so let's give Bobo some love here. Now you've done it. You've woken up the beast. Bull racing to it with a Euro. And takes him to the boom room. What do you think about Bobo there, Hamo? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Boomable. Oh, Hello, Jake. Quiet. Um, hello. <laughs> just will we ever thought that there'd be a highlight clip of Bowl doing a Euro step? No. <laughs> like, come on, man. This is a coolish. This is so cool, man. It's so awesome. All right, Good Jake Fallen Founders finally back with us. We were just talking about the week how we kind of had a couple depressing losses there, but then it all came together against the Lakers. So how are you doing, Jake, this morning, and what did you see out there this week? Well, I'm alive. That's the important thing. Uh, we are getting hit with the second blizzard uh, of the week. Uh, third blizzard is supposed to hit sometime this weekend. Uh, for our uh, local uh, sports fans, it's about a balmy six degrees here uh, Fahrenheit, and I believe that's about a negative uh, – uh, Let's look up 15 Celsius for uh, for all you international Negative people out there. And so it's, it's zero is pretty cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Football weather, at least in Kansas City? 
Oh yeah, like if if you guys are going to tune into the Miami Dolphin Kansas City Chief game today, it's worse here. Uh, <laughs> it's worse here in Iowa right now. So uh, yes, uh, I'm alive. The internet's working. The lights are on. That's the most important thing. Uh, and I, I kind of like the suns right now. Are at some stage? Oh, I might. Have, yeah, that's uh, always the concern here. Oh, you might, but you haven't yet. Not yet. Thank goodness. Yeah. Good. I lost it very in the good. summer uh, for about a week. That that was rough. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> well, you're not the only one having a tough time this morning, Jake. I totally messed up the intro. I clicked like two different intros and totally screwed it up for a couple seconds there. So sorry about that. But uh, we're glad that Jake is alive and he's making it through the blizzard. Hopefully his internet will cooperate. Because we got court coming up, man. You got to see the judge, Jake. This I is do. Judge I, Hammer. I, I, it's a court-appointed appearance, and, and I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, well, we'll see. Hopefully your internet will we hold will up. See. We will see. You do not want to make Judge Hammer angry. <laughs> I'm too tired to be angry, bro. We've got Geo in the chat saying he was more annoyed at the Memphis game than the Clippers. Don't want to lose like that, but we should have beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, totally. They just looked totally shell-shocked in that fourth quarter. And, well, it uh, looked like a team that just didn't want to play. That's why I don't understand about that Grizzly game. It it, it just looked like a team running through the motions out there. It didn't. There was, wasn't anything that I could necessarily point out and be like, this guy's playing bad or this person should. It just kind of looked like they were just like – like it was a practice to them and you can't do that in the nba i know it's a it's a slog it's an 82 game season uh you know we i almost it's interesting that you know before the in-season tournament this year uh you know they always talk about the dog days uh, of the nba before the trade deadline before you really got to start locking in and and i think to myself it it's true but i think because of the in-season tournament we had a little bit of high there and then now it's like even worse in terms of the dog days right because now oh man it's january some of these guys are traveling to cold weather places with snow on the ground too and it's just hard to kind of get up for games uh that's why you know anything can happen i i i caught uh, a little bit of the uh, kings and uh, 76ers game uh, last night and joel and b not playing and i thought oh well then the kings are just going to roll right through them kings were getting spanked uh, that 76ers did not need Mr. MVP. So it can happen on any given day. That was a brutal loss. I will take that Clippers loss 10 times out of 10 over this Grizzlies loss. You can't have that kind of a loss because those are the ones that come back to haunt you when it comes time for seeding. And you're like, oh, I wish we had one more win. You should have beat a team that has so many injuries, uh, including their best player being out. Absolutely, but you called it with the Clippers, man. You said they were going to be good with Harden, and you've been proven right so far. You know, well, I you know the, the, the court didn't side with me, uh, but the people did. The people, the people saw. How's your appeal coming, man? <laughs> exactly, I, I'm taking that to a higher court. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing, though. You know, the 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 Grizzlies game hurt a little bit more. I mean, for me, the Clippers game hurt more, but. I understand why people are saying the Grizzlies game because they got zero talent. 
Pretty much, yeah. The clip is, I mean, uh, the when clip you have to sit there talent. and pull up your phone and say, wait a minute, who the hell is Vince Williams? And why is he making Kevin Durant look a little silly all of a sudden? The, yeah. Those are things that you're not expecting to do during a game. You know, have to Google random two-way players or, you know, just bench guys on another team and go, who is this person and why is he so good? Is he actually good? Or are we just letting him get away with everything? That's what it felt more like. And if, then if, he got if, paid if, right if after the game. <laughs> Yeah, if the Phoenix Suns get people paid. On, sorry, Keith. No, go if, ahead. If the, if the two of the Clippers star players decide to turn it on, then you understand if you if you lose to the Clippers because they are a talented team when they turn it on. But the Grizzlies, man, that just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. And I'm scared of the Clippers, man. If Kawhi and PG keep playing like this, man, they are going to be tough. That is one team I do not want to see in the playoffs, man. And uh, you, we've got Howard in the chat. He says the Clippers game was a good measuring stick. That loss wasn't as bad. They have work to do, but the Clippers have had a head start with our injuries. And yeah, we finally got the big three back. We've got our top six healthy. Pretty much the whole team healthy now. And so this is finally where we can put a good stretch together and see what we've got. And uh, it all came together in that Lakers game, man. We were talking about how the big three had 86. I think Beal had 31. Booker had uh, – Beal had 37 and Booker had 31. And we've got to give Bradley Beal some love, man. So let's give him his drop. He's back! Chance at the last shot. Beal, top fadeaway is good. Bradley Beal. If Beal keeps playing like that alongside KD and Booker, man, we are going to be tough to stop. Absolutely. That that and, was like the, the, the first real like, – I know we've seen the big three before, but that felt like the very first showcase of yeah. the big three's talent. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, if for we a while, we've been problems, waiting for... If we get a few problems, it's going to be so scary. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we've seen it from Booker. We've seen it from Durant this year uh, of absolute excellent play. Uh, as we, you know, obviously, Beal, due to injuries, that we've been missing him more. This was like the Beal... Hey Phoenix, I've arrived. Party like we we've seen decent play. This is his most complete game for sure. Yeah, as Howard yeah. says in the chat, Beal is really good. You don't lead the NBA in scoring by mistake, and that's true. You know, people have been slandering this guy, but they forgot how good Beal is. And if he keeps playing like this, the Suns are going to be in good shape. But you know who else turned the vibes around in that Lakers game? It was the girl behind me. It was Emma Stone. You know, here is a great actress, although I got to admit, I have never seen an Emma Stone movie. Am I crazy? You've never, Does seen, never seen Amazing Spider-Man? No, you, I have you not. You never saw Superbad? No. Is it Superbad? No. Oh, man. Okay, Suns Planet, we're going to have to help. You, I, I've never heard we're somebody say court, an amazing actress and then race. also said, never saw her. <laughs> yeah, we're going to court for a different Zombie Zombieland? Yes, Zombieland is fantastic. Oscar winner? She's an Academy Award winner, isn't she? 
probably. She she won for she won something. Um, La La Land or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was like that that for for a while. She had like a reputation too of just being like the girl next door appealed to her because uh, she was playing like so many of those characters. Uh, yeah, she was like a lot of guys were crushing on her. Maybe Grayson Allen, but it looked like more maybe uh, Devin Booker. <laughs> or they're everyone. Just everyone in the chat is saying Zombie Land. Is that her best movie? Is that what I should start oh, with? I no, it's not a best movie, man, but that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All zombie movies are good. Yeah, but that one's that one's a fun one. That one's For funny. Sure. Woody, that's Woody Harrelson and um, mm-hmm. who's that ugly looking dude? Um, <laughs> he was the guy that you know, did, uh, played Zuckerberg in the Facebook yeah. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, from now you see me and stuff. What's his name? Anyway, that ugly we dude. Just, we're digressing. <laughs> we're going way off topic here. He's Sorry, guys. Yeah. I just I miss you guys. I haven't spoke to you in ages. I'm just enjoying chatting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, welcome back, Hamo. It's definitely good to have you. And it was good to have the most famous Phoenix Suns fan rocking the Phoenix Suns hat in, in the L.A. at the game. And so, you know, we had to update our Boom Boom Room Drop to have Emma Stone. And so, guys, here you go. What's yeah, the name of that the nightclub of yours again? Are you talking about the Boom Boom Room? Yeah, the Boom Boom Room. That's it. All right. I there think my you go. favorite part about that is that she's like hanging out right behind Beale, who uh all the stuff I was seeing on Twitter was like Bradley Beale had no idea who she was or like why a fan was like shouting at um Booker <clears throat> and Booker was actually paying attention and like saying something back. And Beale's like, Who is this? But so uh, I like to think, you know, in, in our in our son's planet world, they've become fast friends and uh and so now she kind of hangs out behind him. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're going to have to talk to our producer. She's hanging on to the wrong fella. It would make a a little bit more sense if KD was staring at me and Emma Stone, wouldn't it? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. We'll have to talk to our producer. Let's see. (laughs) But it was definitely an up and down week uh, until we played that Lakers game. I wasn't even sure if we were going to be able to give out a Sunwalker award this week. But uh, we had that game, and so let's give out the Sunwalker. Might as well be walking on the sun. All right, so Jake, who is your Sunwalker of the week? Ooh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because – there just was, I mean, besides the Lakers game, right? There was not a whole lot of things to be proud of. Uh, but let's see, who should I give it to? Uh, you know, I'm going to give it to a guy that uh, I haven't been given too many of my weekly awards to, but I feel like he's been hanging in there, uh, knocking down shots, and that's going to be one Mr. Kevin Durant. Uh, KD, do we have the Slim Reaper prepped? Uh, we, we do. do. Let's hit it. Oh, I think I hit it at the same time you did. There we go. 
So KD, huh? Well, you know, and 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 again, I just it's one of those deals where I have to remind myself uh, because I have such high expectations for Kevin Durant. He's one of the greatest guys to ever play the game. Uh, he's still playing at a absolute elite MVP level. So Hell you know, yes. it's important to show him some love. Uh, I think sometimes I get frustrated with him. Uh, he gives up a lot of rebounds. Uh, is what I, I feel like I've been noticing. His rebounds are actually down from his career averages. He usually does better and. And, uh, and I feel like on this team, if you're going to play the power forward and Nurkic isn't as mobile as some of the other big centers, we kind of need more boards from KD. But that's more of like a on-the-season concern. Kevin Durant, though, let's a uh, quick snapshot, 23 points uh, in the uh, game against the Grizzlies, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, Clipper game, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. And then uh, against the Lakers, uh, 18 points and five and five, but also added three steals and a block in the Laker game. So just a very strong week from one. Just just Kevin a Durant. little, little, little energy. Three steals, one block. Yeah. Yeah, just you know. Oh, he's he can play defense. Yeah. Looks like Charles in the chat saying it's Devin Booker. It's another good pick. But uh Judge or Hamo, what do you think? Who's the Sunwalker? Man, like I'm just loving this cat's game at the moment, dude. And his stats are pretty good, man. And I'm going to do my best flex impersonation. I'm sorry, flex, if I offend you. Um, but that's my guy, Grayson <laughs> Allen. Grayson Allen, man. Oh, you mean this guy right here? Scary. Oh, oh, I know the grass can be. Can it be scary? What do you think of this? I'm Grayson Allen. Man, this bloke has been everywhere. He started off pretty slow against the Lakers. Um, you know, one from five, I think, by um, the start of the second. But he dropped that. I, I, I just love his game, man. And I, I feel bad because I was part of the 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 mentality when we signed him. Was like, he's going to be nothing but trouble. You know, nothing but trouble. We're going to get tacked up all the time. I'm sorry, Grayson Allen. I did not know your game. He's been a model. Incredible. He's been great, man. He has been unreal. So, yeah, Sam Walker for me is my guy, G.A. Well, if we were going to keep this strictly on the court, I think I would have to say Bradley Beal. He had that 37-point explosion against the Lakers. But I, you know, I want to go a little bit off the beaten path. I could also say Emma Stone here. She totally turned the season around, it seems like, with her vibes. We needed some good vibes. But I'm not going to do that. That's a little bit too off the beaten path. So I'm going to take a mix of on the court and off the court. And I'm going to say Yusuf Nurkic. Okay? I now, know where you're going. I love it. He started off the week with 18 points and 19 rebounds against the Grizzlies. We should have won that game with him doing so well. But he ended the week by having the best Twitter game I've seen all season long. He was going at everybody after that Lakers game. First of all, earlier this season, we had Nick Wright saying he would rather have Austin Reeves as a third option 
than Bradley Beal. Are you kidding me? And so after Bradley Beal put Austin Reeves on skates all game long. And Booker and KD and anyone else that drove at him. Exactly. Nurkic went at him on Twitter and said it's not Nick Wright, it's Nick Wrong. <laughs> Got him. And then we had Shaq. He found some kind of fake meme on the internet that said Nurkic was trying to press charges against Draymond Green. And Nurk came back. And first of all, Shaq didn't even want to say his name. He's like Nurkic or whatever his name is. So Nurk came back and said, First of all, I never said that. You're making stuff up about me. Shakilovich, or whatever your name is. Shakilovich. How good is that? So ate a big shack, big cactus. Yeah. He totally let's not, let's not forget one of the greatest centers in Suns history, the big shactus. I thought you were talking about Nurkic. He's already one of the greatest centers in Suns history. <laughs> well, we never had a lot of great centers. centers. He's been the best center we've had in the last couple of years. Absolutely. As Howard says, Nurk has been very consistent, yes. quietly, very good all year. Charles is loving Nurk's off-court antics. And uh, me too. You know, that's one thing DA definitely did not give us was Twitter games. So Nurkic, keep doing it. We love it. We love seeing you come to support your teammates. And when you have such a new team with like 13 new guys, this is how you build camaraderie. So I'm loving it. Hell but yeah. You know, Hell yeah. Not everyone can be a sunwalker. Sometimes people have to be a black hole sun. All right. So, Hamo, who do you think is the black hole sun of the week? I'm just going KBD, man. I'm sorry. I just don't KBD? Like okay. I don't know what it is about him, man. I just don't like this guy. He, I had a, no, it's not like personal or anything like that. I had a lot of high hopes for him, man. You know, he come from a good a good system, come from a good, um, you know, structure before he came to the Suns. And I, I just don't understand him. I just, I don't know. His game's whack. It's inconsistent. Um, we thought you know, he was going to be a starter. He can't even play off the bench. It, yes. Yeah, 100%. When when we made all those blow-up trades, when Ishbi had come in and KBD come in, everyone's talking KBD is going to be the fifth. He's barely coming off the bench, bro. Like, nah, I'm sorry. I just, no. Nah, I, I think yeah. he's going to be traded. I think he's gone. There's three on the trading block right now. None of them are worth much money, but he's one of them. Absolutely. And Charles says he trade worthy, but KBD doesn't have that dog in him. And that's the point. Well done. Thank you, Charles. All right. So, Jake, who is your black hole son of the week? Uh, well, you know, I, I've kind of back and forth on this deal. Uh, I think I'm going to go spicy 
Bradley Beal, Black Hole Son of the Week. Uh, Absolutely trash week, minus the Laker game. Uh, If you look at his shooting, he played over 37 minutes against the Grizzlies. He put 12 points up in a game we should have won. Six rebounds, five assists, less than 42% shooting. Uh, The game against the Clippers, 7 of 15, couldn't make a three. Three rebounds, two assists, 15 points. For the week, it's going to be Bradley Beal. That's the Black Hole Sun. Had a phenomenal game. I like to see him end it strong. But there's, it's to, to me, I, I would have joined with KBD, but it's just like I, I looked at it, I was like, Drew Eubanks. But I mean, I tell you what, some of these guys I've got such little expectations for. It's hard to be like, oh, Yuta, four minutes this week? Trash. Like it's, it, Beal is putting a lot of minutes in this week. He had one good game. I need to see more of it. I'm very excited to see him do this, but it's got to be a black hole sun for the week. You make you make a good argument, man. You do. And sorry, uh, Dunks, but Howard's comment there um, about uh, his legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the initial. Uh, first quarter and a half when Beal was bringing the ball up the court, you could see him almost skipping while mm-hmm. uh, dribbling between his legs. You know what I mean? Like he he was feeling it. He was feeling good in that game. But yeah, you do you do make a bit of sense. Sorry, mate. Well, and, and Charles Charles reminds me because I almost went with Eric Gordon, and uh, but Gordon was injured uh, to start the week off, and uh, and he had a couple of rough games. But I mean, he's coming back off injury, but. Uh, uh, yeah, hit me with it, guys. Uh, what do you got for Black Hole Suns? I can barely speak right now. <laughs> My face looks like the faces Geo and Charles are making in the chat. I am gobsmacked. Yes. I just cannot oh, believe sick. this. How do you pick the guy <laughs> that just had 37 points in our best win of the season? How do you pick the guy that was doing the in-out dribbles on Austin Reeves and making him barbecued chicken? If it was a Lakers podcast and we'd been talking about the same thing, it'd be Austin Reeves. Just because you jack up a lot of points and then can't play anything on the other side. And if the award was the, you know, the Sun Walker of the game, I would say absolutely Bradley Beal. But as of now, it's the uh, Black Hole Sun of the Week and you got you can't lose to the Grizzlies. You can't have a bad performance against them. You can't do trash against the Clippers. And then uh, don't get me wrong, very excited, everybody. Let's be very excited. But if I'm gonna say I was disappointed in somebody for this play this week, I'm starting off with uh, the man that I want to see a lot more from moving forward. And it's exciting because he can do it. Well, there definitely was a guy who played much worse this week and you almost made some sense at the end of your talking there that's the guy who's working too hard on his movie our tolkien a new movie from peter jackson eric gordon starring as samwise gamgee and frank vogel starring as frodo baggins the lord of the rings i can't carry it for you but i can carry you what what does Frank Vogel always look like? What what his eyes, man? He always looks like he's so surprised. 
Doesn't mm. matter m- mid game, before game, after game. He just always. <laughs> He's got an interesting face for sure. But yeah, Gordon played two games this week. The first game, he had 12 points, but it was on three for eight shooting. And then against the Lakers, two for 11, five points, one for nine on threes. That's not going to get it done. Eric Gordon, stop working on the movies. You are my black hole son. All right. So we are going to start getting ready for Sun's Planet Court, the second edition. And, uh, Jake, I don't know if you need time for a costume change. If you do, feel free to take it. Um, but we are going to go to Sun's Planet Court. You know, I'm setting up these ep- episode titles a couple of days in advance, and the Suns keep screwing me. You know, first I set up the title, The Big Three is Back, and then the next day, Bill gets injured. Now I set up the title, What's Wrong with the Suns? And then we go out and have our best game of the season. So maybe I just need to keep these titles pessimistic and the Suns will do the exact opposite and will be in good shape. But we are going to go to Suns Planet Court and debate what the issues have been so far this season, how we can fix them. I will be facing off against Fallen Founder and uh, we'll have Judge Hamo presiding, uh, seeing who had the better argument. So let's queue up Suns Planet Court. Now you're the theme to the people's court. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Suns Planet Court is in session. The Honorable Judge Hammer presiding. And he is on his way out as <laughs> Mr. Founder and I get ready. And, uh, you know, I always try to keep it light in court. I don't wear a jacket or a blazer or anything. I want to rock my son's gear everywhere I go. But uh, Mr. Founder, last time you looked a little bit more ready for court with your jacket. What's this look here today? Well, as I as I learned, you know, you, you gotta you gotta play to the people's strengths. Uh, you know, I, I, as I still am filing my appeal uh, that the uh, Clippers are a threat in the West with James Harden, I feel like I just need to keep it a little bit more casual, keep it cool, keep it for you, man. Well, I'm trying to be ready here. All right. And... Good morning, Your Honor. <laughs> Jeez, it gets better. <laughs> I should have got the jacket. <laughs> Good morning, Judge Hammer. You look great this morning. Thank you. Let's get to business. I'd like to think that this is the only Australian at 4 a.m. right now <laughs> dressed up like this on the entire continent. <laughs> the worst part is it's probably not. <laughs> this is impressive. <laughs> Let's hear the case. 
All right, Judge Hammer, who would you like to go first? We will start with um, the esteemed Mr. Dunks. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. I will make a brief opening statement, and then we'll have our closing arguments afterwards. You know, I see three main things wrong with the Suns so far this year. The first is leadership and identity. As we talked about earlier, until that Lakers game, the Suns have had no identity all year long. That starts with the coaching. It also starts with the big three. The second point, the big three have to play better. It has to be on both sides of the ball. These guys can defend. Don't get it twisted. The third point, we have to round out the bottom of the rotation. We've got our top six set. We have a couple needs that I'll talk about a little bit more in the closing argument. And uh, with that, I'll leave it to Mr. Founder. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Founder. Well, uh, let's just uh, get one thing straight here. There are some things wrong with this Suns team, but they're not all as bad as uh, people are saying they are. I'm here to defend the Phoenix Suns today uh, because this is a team that has had the most games lost due to injury. This is brought up uh, on the most recent Suns Jam session, and uh, I'm not going to totally pull from that argument, but that is a critical, critical argument, as we already discussed with that one Mr. Bradley Beal, that when you have sunk this much money into certain players and they are unavailable to play, it comes back to getting them on the court at the same time, and I expect improvement through the rest of the season if health is able to be maintained. There are some things that need to be changed. Turnovers need to be reduced, and defense needs to be played. But this is not uh, – we, we, there was some discussion from my esteemed colleague that coaches might need to be fired and players might need to be cut to make room for people like Bismack Biombo. I'm not here to promote that. I'm here to say that this team just needs more time on the court. Now – are we ready for closing arguments, Judge Hammer? I believe we can go straight to closing arguments, yes. Great. I would like to make an objection. We should not be bringing things from Twitter into court. There has been no talk of firings this morning. Also, you're totally twisting my words, Mr. Founder. I said... There was a number that if we lost that Lakers game by, and I said probably 25 points, if we lost by 25 points, Vogel's job might be on the line. Did we lose by 25 points? No, we did not. But we have to have better coaching and better leadership out there. And there's a couple points with that. It starts with the rotation. It's taken way too long for Vogel to figure out the rotation. He had Eubanks and KBD in the rotation for way too long. He finally figured out that's not working. He had Bo Bo out of the rotation for way too long. He finally has him in now, and he's a difference maker. Why did it take this long to figure that out? The second point is you have to get away from just point book and get to point big three. Booker should not be bringing the ball up every single time. When Bradley Beal first came back, 
We had Bradley Bill bringing up the ball quite a bit. We were playing through Kevin Durant. He had 27 assists in two games, Durant did. And then the next few games, we went back to Devin Booker walking up the ball all game long. That is not it. Finally, against the Lakers, we had everybody bringing up the ball, Bill bringing up a lot. We were pushing the pace. It was not just point Booker. That's what we need to see. The third point is the little wrinkles that a coaching staff should implement. Against the Lakers, we had Bradley Bill screening. That was getting him open. That's a big reason he had his best game of the year. We need to keep doing that. Also, find the pigeons. Against the Lakers, we finally did the isolation scoring that we were trying to do all season long. We've been playing a lot of iso ball but we were not doing it smartly. Finally, against the Lakers, we did what we're going to be doing in the playoffs. We found the weakest defender, Austin Reeves, and we went straight at him every time. Go pigeon hunting. Okay? The second point is the big three needs to be better. First of all, it's the little things. In the fourth quarter, we've been collapsing. It's not the bench, guys. It's the big three and the starters. These guys are out there in the fourth quarter. How is Devin Booker and Kevin Durant passing the ball to nobody? How are they committing stupid turnovers? How are they not making defensive rotations and knowing where they're supposed to be? These guys can defend, and that's the second point. They have to defend better. KD is a great defender. You finally saw it a little more in that Lakers game. He shut down LeBron. LeBron had 10 points. I rewatched that Lakers game. Kevin Durant played amazing defense. Where has that guy been all year? And then Devin Booker, last year, he was above average defender. But this year, Book's been terrible on defense. And he's yelling at guys like Metu for not getting back. Devin Booker, you got to get back. You got to play better defense. And, you know, the third point is uh, we've got to have opportunistic D. And that... Lakers game, we had 11 steals, nine steals by the big three, and they were pushing the pace. Every time we got a steal or block, we pushed the pace. That's what our identity needs to be, push the pace and jack up a lot of threes. Finally, we need to round out the bottom of our rotation. We do not need a point guard. As I explained in the Sundress dunk last week, there's no room for a point guard. The point guard, backup point guards that we have are not even playing. Jordan Goodwin, Saban Lee, outside of garbage minutes, they are not even playing. So why you want to bring in another point guard? Do not need it. We could use another backup big. We'll see if Bull Bull can do it. But we should bring in a guy like Bismack Biombo or P.J. Tucker. And we'll talk more about buyouts and trades in the next section. But I hear that from Flex from Jersey, there is mutual interest in Bismack Biombo, And so I say bring him in. But the biggest need we have is an athletic wing. The one guy we really need to put alongside our starters and our big three is an athletic wing. Both Chris Haynes and Flex from Jersey say we're interested in an athletic wing. And so get that one final piece, have the big three playing better, and we will be the championship team that we were meant to be. I rest my case. Thank you, Your Honor. Before we get to Mr. Founder's response, define an athletic wing and who you'd be looking for. 
All right. So wing is basically another word for forward. It's basically a guy that can play small forward or power forward. He can guard multiple positions. He's flexible. He can guard pretty much everybody out there, and he can hit some threes. It's a lot like Josh Okoge, but a little bit bigger, and a guy that can make threes. As far as specific names, we're going to talk about that in the next section. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Fanda, please. All right. Well, let's fire this baby up. Uh my uh, my esteemed colleague uh, brings up lots of points about the need for an athletic wing. Uh, we have Keita Bates-Diop, Yuta Watanabe, Kevin Durant. Uh, th- this team has plenty of wings. Uh, throwing another wing at the equation is not going to lead us uh, to where we need to go. This team can play defense. Uh, too many pe- t- people are saying that this team is not good defensively. We're actually middle of the pack for defense but one of the biggest issues that i see and why guard play is something that needs to be improved on and that's why i think we need to look to acquire a new guard is that the phoenix suns are in the bottom uh we're uh, 25th of the 30 teams on uh turnovers right now that is not a good place to be you don't want to be next to the uh, detroit pistons and the portland trailblazers turning the ball over as often as we are uh And you could say, well, hey, there's other teams that turn the ball over. Look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have a great win-loss record. That's true. But they also play at a faster pace. We're towards the bottom of the league in pace of play. Guard play can really improve that. If we have somebody that can bring the ball up and get these guys moving, I think you're going to see not just a reduction of turnovers, but a faster pace of play. Currently, uh, this team to run up and jack up threes, we're outside the top 10 in three-point percentage. Maybe if we were playing faster, the the percentages would improve. But that is a definite concern. That's why I think guard play is more important right now uh, than uh, forward play or wing play. Uh, I'm open to uh, allowing for another center to, to come in because Drew Eubanks is certainly not the answer. Bull Bull is interestingly seems to be, I think, playing much better at the four position than as a true center would. So I, I think I don't want to see any more Bull Bull still, uh, but uh, he has had moments uh, uh, offensively for sure. Uh, so I, I think in limited stretches, he could be okay. But yes, uh, turnovers are still a major problem. Pace of play is not being pushed. Uh, and perhaps that's going to. Uh, work better for this team. Bradley Beal was never known as a defensive stalwart. Uh, Booker has been good defensively in the past. Kevin Durant, not known as a defensive lockdown artist. Yusuf Nurkic is not known as a defensive lockdown man, uh, except for maybe just inside the paint. So this is never going to be a team that makes that into the top 10. I think a 15th for or 16th for defensive rating is okay. But this is a team that's built offensively to jack up the score and get things going. But we're not playing at that pace of play, and we turn the ball over too often. Your Honor, guard play needs to be improved, and that needs to either be decided by having Booker not take the ball up or Kevin Durant not take the ball up or somebody. But they just need to get going faster and perhaps take a look at the other guards to bring in. Uh, Eric Gordon is not a backup point guard. Grayson Allen is not a backup point guard. Uh, Jordan Goodwin is a defensive stopper. Your Honor, these guys are not the type of creation guards that we need to consider to bring in. As And, and that is also going to be a much more realistic acquisition. <clears throat> so, Your Honor, again, 
This team is decent defensively, but if we're turning the ball over in the fourth quarter and we're not playing fast enough and in a pace of play, that's why we're seeing isolation ball. That's why we're seeing mistakes made and crucial clutch minutes, and that's why we're blowing fourth quarter leads. Uh, so I, I rest my case, guard play, reduce the turnovers, pick up the pace. Thank you very much. Um, I'll ask a similar question that I did to uh, Mr. Dunks. In terms of the, the the guard problem, who would you bring in to fix that problem? There, the, the, that problem, obviously, you know, and that's going to be the problem any way we look at it is uh, a TJ McConnell, a, a Tyus, uh, Tyus Jones of Washington, would be fantastic fits here. The problem is I think they're going to be extremely difficult to acquire with our limited uh, uh, ammunition. So, uh, you know, it's probably unlikely, but I, I, I would be excited to see a John Wall type player, but I think it's much more likely we're going to have to see somebody show up uh, uh, in the buyout market that can come in and play some uh, some key minutes. Uh, and then again, we're looking at somebody that can do a 10 to 20 minute uh, a night. We're not looking for a new starting point guard in this equation. Mm. Well, this is um, this is pretty tough, to be honest. Um, you both have amazing arguments. You really do. And Dunks, Mr. Dunks, you have a, a little bit more weight to your... Um, to your closing statement in terms of being able to define exactly who and what would be able to help us. Um, Mr. Pounder, the, the, the guard positioning and the mention of John Wall, uh, my personal opinion will be John Wall would be a, a good fit for this team. However, um, I'm going to have to rule in favour of Mr. Dunks. Thank you, Your Honour. I'm sorry, Mr. Founder. This is twice now that I have not allowed your um, case to be on the winning side of things. However, I do not believe the guard situation is that big of a problem when we do have... There was a certain instance in the Lakers game, early in the Lakers game the other day, where both Beal and Booker were in the backcourt and Beal ran up, got the ball, and straight away gave it to Book and Beal ran in front of Book. Um, so, and like, and I mean right in front of him, like football. Um, I... This is the toughest case that's been brought before this judge. Um, but, yes, I'm, I'm going to be sticking with my ruling. I'm, I'm going to be sticking in, in favour of um, Mr Dunks. I think the, 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 the big rebounding and the, 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 the missing piece is in the front court, not in the back court. So uh, judge has ruled in favour of Mr Dunks. Court is now out of session. Thank you, gentlemen. 
Thank you, Your Honor. And you know, if you read the chat, I don't know why you would ever rule for Mr. Founder. Look at this guy. Look at what he's saying. You know, I just, uh, the, the people spoke the last time. I'll have to take this to the streets. I'll have to take this to the streets. He's going all Cat Williams on this. That's right. I'm going to tell all the secrets, all the secrets on. Yeah. All the secrets. All right, no, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Keith made some good points there. I, I think, uh, yeah, like, like, and that kind of, I touched on a little bit with Kevin Durant, but I mean, that, we've got to figure out a little bit more rebound. We're not a bad rebounding team. If you look at the stat, we're not really bad at anything that I think people are, that bring up a lot, right? Like the defense, it's like, oh, well, this isn't a good defensive team. I mean, mid middle of the league. It, it, we knew we weren't going to be electric. Uh, it's We're not in the bottom third. Um, and, uh, you know, rebounding that kind of stuff too. So I, it's, to me, it's really going to be a lot more about getting these guys. And I think the turnovers will, will come down. Uh, but yeah, I kind of talked about it early on was it's, it's getting Durant, Beal and Booker just more minutes. So uh, I think you're right. I think in terms of, you know, it, it's not a point guard to come in and necessarily play alongside those three uh, in, in my mind. But uh, yeah, I, and I think these three guys are going to start to, we're going to see some improvements and, you know, maybe, yeah, if, it was wild to see Bol Bol and Nurk uh, playing together uh, and, and seemingly decently well together. Uh, and so it, it's going to be, I think this is a team that can really, start to show some subtle improvement it's going to look subtle to us because we watch every single game and every play right but i think it will start to show up in the standings in the, in the uh, in the stats that they're going to just the cohesiveness of it is going to improve so i think there's some really good points absolutely and the rebounding was great in that lakers game we out rebounded them 46 to 37 even though they're a great rebounding team <laughs> And it, even though we were pushing the pace and still rebounding, that was great. But, you know, Howard made a point that I meant to make during my argument. I totally forgot about. You know, if we're bringing in a backup guard, um, you're going to have to go three guards in the, if you want to play in the fourth quarter especially, and you're going to be taking Grayson Allen off the floor. You know, I'm not bringing in another guard to take Grayson Allen off the floor. Like I said, the backup guards we have right now, uh, Goodwin and Saban Lee, are not even playing. So if you want to get a guard more minutes, the only way to do it is by taking Grayson Allen and or Gordon off the floor, and I'm not doing that. So, we, we in, in my opinion, we do need a, a um, have the Suns Jam session refer to uh, Grayson Allen. I'm not going to say it because we're a a PG kind of pot around here, but we need one of those kind of guys. You know what I mean? Um, on an up, uh, up stuff up guy. There you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, F Sug. Yeah, F F S U G. We need we need one of them, but we need a big one. And like it's like I, I don't want to hear about Dylan Brooks. I don't want to hear about any of that kind of crap. But the potential of busy coming back. I mean that he's he's not a an FUSG, but he's a he's a big body and he's happy to to get in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know. I I don't see the backcourt as a problem at the moment. I really don't. Yeah, and so we're gonna talk about trades and buyouts now. It's that time of the year. There's been one trade in the NBA so far. 
The trade deadline, I believe, is on the 8th. It's about three weeks from now. So the first thing we're going to talk about is what Hamo just brought up. It's Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo was waived by the Grizzlies. He's out there available to be signed. Flex from Jersey of PHNX has confirmed there's mutual interest in Bismack Biombo. So Hamo, it sounds like you think that Biz signing him might be a good idea and that Nurk and Biz might be a good combo. Is that right? Um, look, to be quite honest, I actually didn't even know that Bizzy had been waived. I just thought it was because wow. Flex was talking about him that um, that we were had, had him in our line of sight. You've been too busy um, at work, man. I've been way too busy, bro. Um, but no, I mean, I'm just looking through the just keeping up with Woj and not the fake Woj, the proper Woj. Oh, yeah, people. Don't, don't support that. Sorry, I'm just going a little bit off script here. Do not support this Woj ESPN account on Twitter, this Woj Narowski. It's just, it's a pain in the in the backside because you see it and you go, oh, my God. And you're like, oh, fake news. So I always block those fake accounts, man, so I don't see that, you know. Yeah, no, it's I just... Wojo himself is bad enough making up shit about KD, how he's wants to leave the Suns. Come on, bro. You're better than he that. He never said that. He said he was frustrated. That's, that's what that everybody took it as. And, yeah, and exactly. he honest, knew it. Every Phoenix Suns fan around the world was feeling the exact same. We're all frustrated. You know? But, um, okay, in terms of uh, – the one guy I've wanted for the last two years is out with a knee injury, Stephen Adams. Mm. I always thought yeah. Stephen Adams is that he's the ultimate teammate. He's, he's this and that. But anyway, um, he would be amazing, but he is injured. So the one guy yeah, that is available yeah. right now is Biz. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Biz? Would picking him up be good? I, I think it might help a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not totally sold on Eubanks getting, you know, critical minutes and and uh, you know if, if the regular season's any prediction on how these rotations are going to go i mean we're the our starters are all you know beal booker and durant and i think probably even yusuf could be looking at close to 40 minutes a game in the playoffs i mean it's it's these guys are really going to get spot stuff biz could be good at that you know to come in and give you you know four if four to five minutes each half and uh uh, I, I would. I like his defense. His offense is horrible, though. We know that. We, we've done. We've worked with him before. Um, I think his greatest offensive skill set might be a little hampered without a Chris Paul uh, tossing him, you know, uh, shots. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it, it would be a net gain uh, to bring it in. But you know, and and that, I think that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about here in this segment is that there's not a lot of there, there's not a major fix out there, and uh, and and I think. I think we all know that, but it, it's it's always real fun to look at the NBA trade machine. But like, look at this fantastic player we could get. This is going to be much more like, hey, what minimum contract guy can we take on that's going to get us one more rebound a game? And luckily, we don't need a big fix because we've got six great players. We just need to find that seven, eight, and maybe nine. Mm -hmm. But I think Biz <laughs> could be one of those guys. Uh, I think he's a Vogel player. This guy is a guy that will come in and play defense. He plays hard. He's a good backline defender that can swat some shots. He gives you a good change of pace from Nurkic. Uh, 
Biz is a great locker room guy. He's one of the best guys in the NBA. He's been around the team before. He's played with Devin Booker. He knows the system, and uh, he'll bring the vibes. So I think signing him would be great. But the even bigger uh, thing is we need an athletic wing, as we talked about. Uh, we could also maybe use a, a backup point guard to play a few minutes here and there. But uh, let's ask Jake what the second part of this. What other moves or types of moves would you like to see to the roster this season? Well, and and that's that's just it. The uh, t- to me, um, you know, besides like a Bismack, I, I think I, I think it would be worthwhile to bring in a John Wall just to see what's left in the tank. And and let's be honest, it's probably next to nothing, right? Uh, but John Wall, you know, the former, I th- believe, number one overall pick, uh, he's not getting a lot of news, uh, and uh, um. But he's he they yeah three weeks ago Sports Illustrated ran an article that he's attempting a return. Well, why not come and bring him back to the guy that he knows the best, uh, Bradley Beal? He played more minutes uh, in games with Bradley Beal next to him uh, than any other player in his career. Um, he's not really he he was never a good three point shooter or much of a shooter in general. He was athletic, and that was where his offense came from. But I don't think that's what we need. We don't need another shooter. We need somebody that can create that drives to the basket a little bit more that uh you know i feel oh gosh and i know you guys are there with me too it's just like when somebody brings it across the court and then it's like okay where's kevin where's and and this is you know that sometimes they hunt too much it worked very well against the lakers the clippers it didn't look as good but like kevin durant that it's and somebody brought this up the other day i'm sorry i'm I'm like thinking out loud but it was basically Booker, Beal, and Durant stay outside the three-point arc, and they'll dash in and take a two, or they'll sh- shoot the three. Uh, they, I think, are best when they're driving at the basket. Beal's going to help with that. That's your, really his strength, and we saw that in the Lakers game. Booker can do it, and Durant can do it. I think they just need to do it more instead of, okay, like we have to get it to Durant on this play. He's got to touch it, and then he's going to go hunt or somebody else. So uh, Because when – when those three guys aren't on the court at the same time, I think that's when you're going to want an offensive creator out there a little bit more. So, um, you know, Allen does that and Gordon does that on occasion. Remember, I've talked about that before. I get excited. Not so much when Gordon does it anymore, but uh, when they drive to the basket, try and draw some contact because it pulls so much uh, of the defense in and those threes get so much easier when that happens. So uh, somebody that can come in, do a little bit of the creation uh, and, I think, you know, I, I don't think that's going to be Saban Lee. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to take on that role. So I'd like to see that. You know, um, uh, I was hoping that, you know, Rubio was going to start feeling better, but I know he uh, retired from the game. Uh, so I'd like to yeah, see a more a, offensive thing, guard to be able to come off the bench and join this team. Yeah, for the record, I don't think they're going to sign John Wall, and I would not support that. I do think he's washed. I think there's a reason he's not on a team, and I don't Ooh. think I don't think he brings what we need. We need size, we need shooting, and we need defense. I don't think he's going to bring any of those teams. Judge Hammer is about to hit me with the with the gavel, but no, uh, just, we're going to go back to court. No, um, look, I'm not going to defend that John Wall is not well watched. No, I'm just, I'm just going to say, John Wall, no, no, but John Wall, his focus has been elsewhere the last couple of years. He's the majority owner 
in a, a team from the Australian League, the NBL, uh, which is where Lamelo played uh, before he, instead of going to college, he played here. And he's part owner of the, I believe, the Southeast, what are they called? South Melbourne Phoenix. It's the name of the team is Phoenix. Nice. And and I, uh, I'm not a massive NBL follower, and I, I'll get a lot of Australian hate for this, but I'm pretty sure um Delhi, uh, King Delhi, um, Matthew Dell of Dover plays for them as well. So he's 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 got a lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? But I, it wouldn't cost much, man. It wouldn't cost much to have him. You chuck him two mil a year. <clears throat> well, the know. other thing is, if you do that, you got to create a roster spot. And so I don't know who you're going to cut to bring in a guy like KBD. Well, he can definitely go, but I would try to bring in someone better than John Wall. Yeah, he can go too. But, uh, you know, uh, was it Howard in the chat? Yeah, he asked, didn't the Suns go to Wall's workout and decide to pass? I'm not sure. Uh, they probably did. I think a lot of teams were there. I think they all passed. So, I, I don't recognize Howard. Um, I don't know if I've seen you before in the chat, man. Thanks for stopping by, eh? Yeah, thank you for being here. I think I've seen him before at least once. I definitely recognize the name. So, And thank you to everyone in the chat, honestly. Yeah, and as Gio mentions, I think you trade three or one before cutting. And that's probably what's going to happen if we bring in a guy like Bismack Biombo or maybe P.J. Tucker on buyout. We probably trade some guys, maybe Nasir Little because he has a tradable contract, or maybe your minimum guys like Eubanks, Yuda, and KBD that are just not bringing it. Create that open roster spot and then bring in the buyout guy. But let's talk a little bit about the trade rules. So not everyone is getting these correct. So let's point out a couple of the rules. Uh, this year, until next year, we can aggregate salaries. So if you want to bring in a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, who's making, I think, $13 million a year, you can trade two or three guys to make that happen. You can trade little and one or two smaller guys to match Dorian Finney-Smith's salary. Uh, so you can aggregate salaries. Uh, you have to match within 10%. Usually it's 15 or 25%, but because of the salary cap and where we are, we have to match salaries within 10%. The last thing we have is a trade exception. Uh, we have a Dario Saric trade exception for almost $5 million, and we have a Cameron Payne trade exception for $6.5 million. The way it works is you cannot combine these with outgoing players. You have to use the exception by itself to bring in somebody. So if you see a guy making around $5 million and the other team wants to just get rid of that guy, you can bring him in with a trade exception. These are going to expire later this year. Uh, so we got to use them. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some targets that I've seen, and then you guys can fill in with any, if you think those are good, or if you think any other targets might be good through trade. So Just I'm looking. Not, not to cut you off there, sorry, Go ahead. Dunks, but um, I, I'm one of these people who's not really good with this kind of stuff, the contracts, money, all that kind of thing. So 
as a as a podcast fan myself, um, thank you very much for explaining that, man. Because that did that make I, sense? I, I, the trade exceptions? I, and yeah, it totally does. I just don't understand yeah. all the the contracts and money side of things. So I'm sure I'm not the only one out there in in podcast fandom land. So yeah, thank you very much, bro. It's definitely complicated. A lot of people get it wrong every day. I've been confused sometimes. So we're trying to help the people out and explain to them what's going on. So Hell yeah. You know what the sun's planet. Amen. And so the targets, I'm looking at 3 and D wings. The first guy I mentioned a second ago was Dorian Finney-Smith. He's making $13.3 million. Uh, we could aggregate salaries to get him. But the Nets are said to want two first-round picks. There's no way they're going to get two first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith. The asking price is going to be a lot lower than that. You know, none of these guys getting traded lately, except players like KD are getting first-round picks like that. So that's not going to happen. I don't know if we have enough to get Dorian Finney-Smith, though. So you have to look at some guys making less. His teammate on the Nets is Royce O'Neal. He's a guy that plays mostly power forward. Uh, he's making $9.5 million. So, again, you could trade Nasir Little and maybe one of the minimum contracts to get this guy. Uh, one of the best names out there is Sadiq Bey from the Hawks. He's a 3 and D small forward. He makes around $4.5 million. So he could fit into one of those trade exceptions. You don't even need it to trade a player to get him. Also, yeah. Also, Jalen McDaniels, small forward from the Toronto Raptors, again, $4.5 million. The Raptors, you know, they're probably trading Siakam soon. The Pacers are said to be the leader in the clubhouse right now. The Kings have also been mentioned, but there's it's been reported that Siakam would not re-sign with the Kings, so right now it's looking like the Pacers. But if the Raptors have a fire sale, Jalen McDaniels would be great. And then you have a couple guys from the Rockets. You have Reggie Bullock, former son. He's making $3.1 million. He would be easy to bring in on a trade exception or by trading a minimum contract. And you have Jay Sean Tate, $6.5 million from the Rockets, another small forward. He would be great as well. And if nothing else, you have good old Torrey Craig from the Bulls. $2.5 million, easy to trade and expiring like KBD, and bring back Tory Craig for the third time. So, Jake, <laughs> what do you think about these options? Any of them sound good, or are there other guys you're looking at in the trade market? Uh, I, I, I would definitely do another Tory Craig run. Uh, not in the sense that, like, uh, oh, Tory Craig, he's so phenomenal. It, it's Tory Craig in comparison to KBD, Yuta, and some of the other forwards we were running out every night just to see if they can actually give us any quality minutes. I, I think uh, a nice little role for uh, uh, Torrey Craig would be okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, you, you got to look at uh, teams that are going to be selling at, at the trade deadline. Uh, Hawks have been talked about a lot. I think, uh, you know, the, the Trailblazers might have some stuff that they're willing to send out. Uh, the uh, – <clears throat> The Jazz, uh, maybe as well. The Wizards, of course. Um, you know, it, it's. 
I don't know. I don't think we'd probably want to do a uh, Danilo Gallinari, but he's making 6.8. You know, some of these guys are going to be available. Uh, Maybe we could get Landry Shamit back. Just kidding. Um, But no, (laughs) you're fired. We're going to court now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely not taking that. You got him straight to Guantanamo for that, man. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's not, there's no, he does not get any uh, legal representation. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but uh but no i think you know we, we've got these second round picks we've got teams that are going to be looking to sell uh and you know uh taking you know doing the trade exception uh sending that stuff out putting the second round picks uh, along with a uh, nasir little could be interesting to teams that are looking to sell that only want picks and young players and so uh, i i would uh, we kind of, I think, thought about that very early on with Nasir Little, that he might not be long with the Suns, uh, especially since he hasn't turned out to be, you know, really a, a, an effective guy that we're going to be turning to in the playoffs. He's not going to be able to really probably give us meaningful minutes. So there, there's going to be limitations. I think we're all in agreement. Grayson Allen is off our uh, our trade list. We're probably not sending him anywhere. <clears throat> and Nurkic has been really pretty quality with this team and so uh, i think yeah it's 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 uh it'll be kind of scraping uh some of the 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 second half of some of these uh rosters that are looking to sell at the trade deadline so there's going to be some names out there and uh knowing how james jones likes to operate i would not be shocked if we have to do a whole bunch of research because we have no idea who's who he's bringing into this team uh, he, he's kind of known to just be like, oh, so-and-so. And you're like, I don't even know if that guy is a real player. Um, so uh, I wish it would be more, much more of a household name. Uh, and who knows? He, we know he has a crush on Tory Craig. So uh, like I said, I, I'd be okay with the Tory Craig. Um, PJ Tucker, uh, I think, hates playing with the Clippers right now. Uh, but, you know, PJ Tucker, uh, I heard some Suns fans say, you know, it'd be great to see if PJ could come back. I don't necessarily disagree with that. He would be a pretty uh, rough and tough forward to, to bring in. Um, but he, he is a little older now. I think he's 38, 39. Um, plus, he's, I think he's, he's making $11 million this year. <clears throat> I think he might even be under contract for next year. He also did not have a very long and uh, financially successful NBA career. So for guys like that, I don't think they're looking to say, hey, I tell you what, why don't you just give me half my salary and let me walk and just buy out my contract. Um, yeah, so I, I should, I should point out the buyout rule real quick. Yeah. We can sign a guy on buyout that makes up to $12.4 million this year. And mm-hmm. so a guy like PJ Tucker making around 11 mil, he does fit into that. So we could pick him up if he's bought out. Yeah. And, and, and buyouts are always kind of interesting, right? So yeah, he's making, uh, okay, that's right. He's got a team player option for next year at 11.5. So, I mean, could he be bought out? Absolutely. Um, because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people out there that want to trade for him and, and get locked in, you know, paying somebody $20 million, uh, you know, for this year and next. Um, so that that's going to be interesting because PJ spent a long time, I think, overseas. You know, it, he, he's he's got like a $10 million contract. It's about as best as he's ever going to get for the rest of his career. So it's I, I just don't see PJ... Uh, taking a big salary cut and and jumping but who knows maybe he will but i think he wants to buy more shoes um so i think he wants to hold on <laughs> to as much money as possible maybe the clippers will do everyone a favor i kind of doubt it though strong. you know if uh 
if I'm the Clippers, I'm I'm seeing what can be done. I'm not giving him a whole bunch of his money to, and then just letting him walk. Well, PJ's couch is still in the corner at the three-point line, the footprint center, and he's got that dog in him. That's the kind of guy we need. He'd be great. So I'm all for that. Uh, but, uh, Sir Hamo, what do you think about the trade deadline? And uh, are we going to make a trade? Who might we trade for? Any thoughts? Um, it's It's been a thing for probably the last 18 months. Um in flex we trust amen um he he's got he's sources. you don't trust the coldest uh <laughs> that guy should be in court. i don't know who that is he's basically like the fake Woj, but he no, seems sorry, to be it's... very involved with some basketball stuff. sorry my, my sarcasm was uh was not messed there um no, it was i don't know who that is oh yeah um no, look, I mean, Flex was talking a long time, you know, about Suns going after a superstar, and he knew what was going on, but it didn't work out that year, ended up coming back next year. If he's talking about busy, well, I mean, it's pretty solid. He, he He's not usually wrong, you know what I mean? Um I, I wouldn't mind seeing Busy back. He, he he's a horrible free throw shooter, <laughs> um, yeah. which which kind of <laughs> sucks when you've got a big man who gets fouled all the time. It's yeah. it's not quite hacker shack, but it's you know he plays hard and he gets fouled and he can't can't free throw. Um, PJ Tucker, look, I can I haven't. I haven't been on the Aussie podcast in a while, but I tell you what, all I can hear is Gavin screaming, saying, do not bring back ex-Suns players. We don't want Kelly Uber. We don't want, you know, this and that. And it, Tory Craig, it's the same It's the same cycle. You know, every time we bring these players back, they're getting older. We do have a little bit too much of a soft spot for former players and the fans base. I do agree, but if they're good, if they're good, why not? PJ Tucker, that's the kind of guy we can need. I would love to see him back. Yeah, let, every, let me ask every you guys time this, we if, talk about these guys are getting older, that's all I'm saying. You know, right? right. So we, bro, there's so there's got to be something else we can look at. A hundred percent, I agree with you, and that's what I meant when I was like, I think it's going to be a lot of names that we're not used to hearing but let me ask you guys this if uh at the trade deadline uh and you know and the buyout market and all that stuff if after it's all said and done uh incomes let's say bismack biembo tory craig and pj tucker just totally throwing out some names here uh and out goes drew eubanks yuda watanabe and kbd are you upset or do you think that we've gotten better I'm a fan of Drew Banks. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of hate on him. I I like that guy. I like what he brings. Um, given the right amount of consistent minutes, I think I, I don't see a reason to trade him. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. And, guys, it's at Sir Hamo on Twitter. Please, let's let's do this. Because I just don't see the hate for you, Banks, man. I think this bloke is is solid. You know, he just needs more consistent minutes. He needs to know his role. I, he's not 
one of the three I have on the trade block. I'm sorry. He definitely has potential, and he's shown the flashes. I would definitely get rid of KBD and Utah before I got rid of Eubanks. But if Eubanks is not the three on your list, it's KBD, Utah, and then who's the third guy? Let's see a little. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I like him. He's a a Tar Heel. No, I do. I do like him. He's a Tar Heel. You know, I'm a Tar Heel fan. Um, It's just, it's an easy contract to move and the the, um, production per dollar kind of thing. Um, You know who else might be going would be a Jordan. I'm getting into the same argument as Eubanks because I'm just seeing Eubanks is different from Nas, you know, they've got similar stuff, but Nas is, yeah, no, KBD, Uter, and Nas are the three on the on the trade for me. Makes sense. Nas is definitely our most tradable contract. So if we make a trade and it's, you know, sending players out, he definitely could be a part of it, especially if you're going for a bigger contract like those guys from the Nets, either Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal. But uh, I think we're definitely going to make one trade before the trade deadline. I don't oh, yeah. think it needs to be a starter necessarily, but a guy who can play big minutes off the bench. And I think it's going to be a wing. I think, you know, the intel we're getting from Chris Haynes and Flex from Jersey is on point as usual. I think we're going to bring in one of these wings. It might be one of these guys. It might not. Um, and, yeah, you know, guys like Utah, KBD, they they should pack their bags. They they may not be here after the trade deadline. So disappointing though. Yuta came in, man, and we was everyone was so excited for this cat, weren't we? It's like oh, yeah. you know, he's he's KD's man, you know, it's his guy. It's his you know, he's three point. He wasn't too bad defensively, and then like, crazy wavy inflatable tube man showed up and what the hell? <laughs> well, <Disappointing>. <clears throat> You know, by the next time we podcast, he might not even be here. So just in case that happens, let's give Utah a drop. The shooter, if he does leave, he will be missed. He's a great guy. We love him. Guys, like if if you listen to this on audio, you you seriously just got to check out the YouTube just for that drop. Our producer, uh, Huntstar05. Does such an amazing job, man. Like, that's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> he does. Like, it is just amazing, man. This guy is is a savant when it comes to this kind of stuff, man. Like, I, I'm my mind's blown every time I look at that drop. How the hell you put Yuda's face on a shooter McGavin? Like, seriously, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Josh at Huntstar05 makes us look good with all the producing behind Oh, yeah, he does. And we definitely appreciate it. He's often in the chat as well. Love you, Josh. And, Love you, uh, brother. Howard says he definitely had higher hopes for Utah, thought he would help us way more. Hell, yeah. It just hasn't worked out so far. And I think, you know, he's very similar to a guy like Damian Lee. So when Damian Lee comes back, if he shoots well – I think he takes any minutes Yuta was going to play. 
And, uh, you know, at least Damian Lee is guarding smaller players. He's not hurting us as much on defense as Utah being out there with. He's so. very fail-happy, though. Lee or Utah? Lee. Okay. He's a yeah. vet, though. He knows what yes. he's doing. He, he has a fair few fouls. How many times we've seen him? Oh, they're sitting him in the third because he's got five. Yeah, I think, you know, bringing a guy like Lee back, one of the best three-point shooters in the league and a vet, I think that can help us a little bit in the playoffs. You know, he's not going to play big minutes, but if you need a shot down the stretch, especially if guys like Gordon or Allen just are not hitting or if they get injured, God forbid, Damian Lee can step in and hit some shots. So if I want to see that guy If it's just back. shooting, straight up, yeah, I'll take him. Amen. But we're going to wrap it up here, guys, with a preview of the three-game week upcoming. Uh, first, tomorrow we will be playing the Blazers on the road. How many times do we have to play these guys? Jeez. <laughs> and then on Tuesday we'll be back at the Footprint Center to play the Kings. And then on Friday on the road we've got to play the Pelicans. So, Hamo, why don't you tell us what you see from this upcoming week? I heard it from someone, might have been Suns Jam, might have been PHNX, that we have the hardest, um, the the rem our remaining schedule is probably the hardest in the NBA in terms of who we have to face. The Kings are a solid team. That will be a problem. That will be a tough game. I think we can get through it. But, you know, your combinations of, of um, Fox, who's probably one of the fastest in the league, um, who's the tall white boy, um, Sabonis. Um, that, that's, they're just a tough team, man. It's always a good game to watch. So, yeah, if you're going to watch one game this week, watch that one. Pelicans, man, look, they've got so much dramas going on over there. Behind the scenes, it's not even funny. Um, I'm going to go two and one this week. If we do drop the one, it's going to be the Kings. That makes sense to me. Uh, Jake, how do you see the week shaping up for us? <clears throat> yeah, no, I, um, I, I'm thinking it's a two and one. You know, can't lose to the Blazers. Uh, that's kind of like the Grizzlies game for me. It's you, you don't lose again. To we've already lost once to them. Finish them off again here. And I think this is the last time we play them. I hope so. Um, but uh, yeah, finish them off. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of exact uh, mirroring of um, of Hamo is just that I think the Kings, uh, I'll, I'll predict that they'll give us an upset because uh, they, they, gosh, that, that was a fun game to watch last they're time. Just they're a good quality team. team. Yeah. Quality. And the Pelicans, the you never know what you're going to get. Uh, yeah. That's going to be an interesting team to watch around the trade deadline too, because the Pelicans have some pieces, uh, and they're not exactly happy. And it's not just the Zion situation anymore. So, uh, and, I think we, I think we can take advantage of a, of kind of a dysfunctional but talented team in the Pelicans. And if we go two and one, I think it'll be a good week. Yeah, you know, I definitely was wrong last week. I said three and zero. Oh. And then I looked like a fool, especially when we lost those first two games. I was so wrong. I had been on a win streak predicting right for three or four weeks in a row, and it totally came crashing down last week. But I'm with you guys this week. I'm thinking two and one. 
But I differ a little bit. I think the Pelicans would be the game we would lose. You know, they're a bad matchup for us. They're a lot like the Clippers. They've got big guys that are really tough for us to guard. Both Zion and Ingram are healthy right now and playing great. So I don't know if we can beat that Pelicans team, man. It's going to be tough. But the Kings game is definitely going to be high scoring. It's going to be fun to watch. And uh, we'll see it's how that goes. Over 120 for Oh, easily. Game. Maybe 140. I can't wait. That's going to be a great game. Huge. And the Blazers, man, if we lose that, I I don't know. I, I may just – I don't I don't know. Hey, hang know, on, hang on. He, someone might come out dominating. You never know. He's missed his last 10 games. So yeah, I think he's missed the last four years of his career. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. No, I'm being, I'm being um, hurt. I'm speaking out of hurt. <laughs> but, you know, the Blazers have been terrible lately without him. Scoot Henderson and Simons are both shooting below 40%. They lost to the Thunder the other day. 139 to 77. How do you lose an NBA game by 62 points and get almost doubled up? How do you do that? These guys are speechless. They don't know either. So, pure. Um, they're in a race to the bottom. They're, they're, uh, they're it's a, it's that's a not just that's tanking. That's, that's terrible. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember, remember back Definitely. in the day with the great Earl Watson uh, as our coach. What was it like? In our first three games, we lost by like, Archie I don't know, was it like 100 Alex some points Lane. or something like that. And then they let him go. That was bad. Uh, let's never go back to that time. And what a team <laughs> we had then. I far out. Absolutely. Well, we're going to start wrapping it up here, guys. We thank everyone for being here in the chat. Uh, Sir Hammo, Judge Hammer, why don't you give us your final thoughts and where we can find you? My final thoughts for this week. Suns fans, just hang on. Don't don't go crazy. We we have the greatest fan base in terms of when we're winning. When we're not, we are the most crazy, insane, blow up the world kind of people on social media. Guys, just chill. Just chill. We don't, you know, it's not like we we're defending. You know what I mean? We've never reached that that echelon, that upper echelon. Just stay positive, stay with our teams, support them, stop putting absolute tripe on social media involved in this. Don't talk about firing Vogel. Vogel's not doing a bad job. He's still getting used to a new team, all of this kind of stuff. Suns fans, just embrace. We've got three of the best players in the league right now playing on our team. We have Kevin Durant playing on the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker. We're never going to see anything like this again. So just enjoy it for what it is, guys. More than more than happy to, to draw it up with anyone. Come on, um, you know, draw it up on Twitter, whatever, Facebook. We've got all that stuff going on, guys. Give us a like and subscribe. Um, be sure to follow ASAP Sports Network as well. Um, we're going to start getting some some more exclusive um, content for you guys through them. So 
more you help us, the more we can help you. And um, yeah, go Suns. Love you all. All right, Jake, final thoughts? That was the fastest parting comments I've ever heard. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah I, I, but to kind of uh, echo it I, i'm i'm agreeing with hamo we, we we uh we live and uh die it seems like every play every quarter every game you know uh after that grizzlies game it was oh fire vogel fire you cut these guys just cut them now and then after the the fantastic lakers cancel, win, we're back baby we're back culture. <laughs> so just so just remember guys it is a process patience uh is exactly what charles is getting at this team, uh, and and I just want to re-echo uh, it because I, I love that the research that um, the Suns Jam team did. But um, we have sunk so much money into, um, you know, uh, Beal, Booker, Durant, and to a degree, Nurkic and some other guys. And then we've also had them miss the most amount of games of any quality team. So we've sent so much money out the door that hasn't been productive. They're all healthy now, <laughs> knocking on the wood. Uh, but that's why it's we're going to start to see the improvement. It's not immediate. Uh, that's why I was frustrated with Beal. That's why he was my black hole son for the, the week because he had two crap games, but now he had a great one. I can't wait to – I want to make him my son walker next week. Let's keep it going. And just remember, deep breaths. You know, after, after that loss to the Clippers, I thought, that's okay. It's it's going to happen, these kind of things. So, um, yeah, hang tough. Uh, if you go 2-1 and and this week, we should be all right. And uh, I think we can get it done. Follow me at Fallen Founder on Twitter. Um, and uh, I will direct all of your complaints to Mr. Sir Hamo there. Uh, good night, Australia. And good morning, Al McCoy. Yeah, we definitely have the highest expectations we've ever had for the Suns this year. I think that's why it's so frustrating. You know, and they're so inconsistent. Even this week. We had our worst game of the year versus the Clippers, and then we had our best game of the year versus the Lakers. So will the real Phoenix Suns stand up? Who are these guys? Are they the guys that played versus the Lakers, or are they the guys that played versus the Clippers? We talked about some ways we think the team can improve, both from inside and from outside. Hopefully, Vogel and the big three are listening, and uh, hopefully we can round out the rest of the roster fortify our team going into the playoffs and uh you know we thank everyone for being here please like the show subscribe we really appreciate it it helps us grow sun's planet you can find me on twitter and everywhere else at sundress dunks you can find the pod at sun's planet pod and uh, we are part of the asap sports network and everyone stay safe out there with that al take us home Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the Suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guard hurts. Here's the jump shot. Good! It's good! Al McCoy with you courtside. Pumped up a three. Tuesday! He ties it! A-D-A. Al and Tim up here. Oh, happy birthday! Right. Yeah! I know it's a long time. Happy birthday, Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. Tuesday! I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV. A thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. 
that pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.